Was that the first time you saw 2001 Space Odyssey? No, I've seen it many times. Do you always watch it all the way through? Yeah. Uh, sometimes when I've watched it, I've had to like uh, take a break and like go to sleep and then watch the rest of the next day. Because I was like, I don't know, stoned or whatever and just had to fall asleep and it was like 2 a.m. And I was like, why did I even start this? Yeah, I, I had no idea what I was getting into watching it. I've never... Yeah, yeah I just did you knew... like it? Yeah. Yeah, it was much better than Higher Ground. High Place? <laughs> yeah. What was the it called? High Life or something? High like? Life, yeah. It was much better than that. Though High Life resulted in a lot of questions. Like I find as <laughs> I've talked about the movie, um, which I have been this week, Yeah. I just keep going, why did they do that or how or what was the reason like why didn't like, they in terms of the plot and motivations and stuff yeah like i think it's kind of um i think sci-fi is a genre like should you should ask questions mm-hmm. about what's going on and it should make you think about like how that works and how society would work like, like yeah you yeah, should you like, should leave it go thinking about it yeah it's like it, giving it, you like some kind of philosophical action plan when you consider it yeah or whatever and that movie was so bad that I've done that even more than I normally do. So maybe it's some sort of like yeah. meta. Like if you make a bad sci-fi movie, you'll think about it like you should. Like I should think about that like I, like you know, about 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah. But I don't. Yeah. I think the chairs are cool. <laughs> like I think I was. Yeah, the architecture and everything in that movie is fantastic. And they made it all. Yeah. Because they didn't have computers. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think, like, if I got one of the chairs from 2001 Space Odyssey, would they, would people notice? Probably. <laughs> people say anything? It probably cost you a lot of money. Yeah, I assume they've, <laughs> since then, become very expensive. I imagine in 1962, yeah. you could probably get them on the cheap. Yeah. But, uh, Like, there's those red ones that they had, and then, like, there was the, yeah, the one room that, office ones that were, like, square, like, bucket chairs kind of thing. Yeah, it was, like, they look comfy. Like, normally a lot of them are, like sci-fi furniture doesn't look comfortable yeah that stuff looks really comfortable and it like has the modern look to it too like sometimes the older sci-fi it's like wow they really used like a cheap piece of furniture and like they had no idea what the furniture trends were going to be yeah they yeah and it's it's all (laughs) i wonder if it just looks more accurate the longer it is out yeah it almost adds (laughs) to the like sci-fi because it's like Ooh, like retro modern yeah. projected looks like yeah and just like what like because they had like earphones they had like 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 old or just like regular earbuds yeah in that movie which in oh, six, yeah, I guess so. in 1961 would have been like what how's yeah. that but in 2001 that might not have been super accurate like i don't think yeah. we had those then but yeah. now it's like, oh, and they have, like, tablets and stuff like that. Well, and there was that whole span of, like, a few years that goes from, like, the second part to the third part of the movie, where it's, like, 18 months later or whatever on the Jupiter mission, so. That was a bit, yeah. It's but, a little weird to figure out how it all fits together. Even that 18 months was weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, the thing that we are now just dabbling in Mars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, and how long is a... The planet we've been trying to go to space, and then 18 months they're already in Jupiter. Like, they were just on the moon. <laughs> um, yeah, that movie is really good. It's really pretty. And and I, I've never been to the Cinematique. Is that how you Cinematheque. Say? Cinematheque? Yeah. I guess it's the accent, yeah. I'm not up on my French accent. <laughs> um, 
It would seem like a cool theater. Yeah, More serious. Always, always playing like good stuff. Except for the highlight. But I think that was just in contrast. Yeah, cause... good or stuff that you're not going to see anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, and it, but it did feel more serious than, uh, there's that other theater downtown that a lot of the like film festival stuff ends up on like, Oh yeah. Davy and like the Scotiabank and, theater or whatever. Not Scotiabank. It's like a tiny theater. Okay. Like I saw a movie about competitive tickling okay. called, uh, tickled. And is it called tickled? Interesting. I, if you Google competitive tickling movie, there's not almost more it, like smaller films there. Yeah, and like I, I, the Vancouver Film Fest, International Film Festival, I've yeah. saw that. That tickling movie is great because uh, it doesn't say anything on the poster. Mm. It just says like magnificent movie, like, yeah. unbelievable, and it's sweet. And it's just this. Yeah, I don't even want to say anything about it. Highly recommend it, especially <laughs> if you're into like activism. I yeah. would say cool because it's kind of got that like, gumption to it. Um, um, are we in the podcast right now? Yeah. Going on? Yeah. No, I normally do a cold open. Uh, the <laughs> okay, official open is what's your name and what's your game? Uh, okay. I guess we're doing that right now. Yeah. What's your name and what's your game? I am Daffodil and my game is Street Uni X. Is there a dash between Uni and X? No, just three separate things. Is uh, What's that acronym out to because that's important. Like when people talk on the internet, they'll oh, acronym uh, out your game. It comes out to sucks. <laughs> my, so that, my, my game sucks. Was that intentional? Coming, yeah, kind of. For a while I was thinking like, oh, I don't know about this name. Like it doesn't really roll off the tongue. But then I kept looking at the acronym being sucks. And I just thought it was like kind of funny and like more memorable than anything else I could come up with. And I don't think there's another game that has that acronym because there is kind of like you'll just steal it like G if your acronym was gta that would be yeah. difficult for people to not assume it's something else totally yeah and like uh oh what was i gonna say like um there goes my train of thought <laughs> it's cool though you got a kickstarter coming yeah still uh, yeah tomorrow sweet uh, or I don't know when I don't, people I'm going to try and this. get this out as fast as possible, but so it's probably already out. Go to the Kickstarter page. Yeah, Street uh, Uni X on Kickstarter. Is that on Twitter too? Uh, yeah, Street Uni X on Twitter at Street Uni X, no spaces, dashes, or anything like that. What's the tier list? Uh, I'm always super interested in the tiers. Yeah, so um, I forget the prices exactly off the top. We, of my we don't head. need to do prices. Do we okay, want, we sweet. Don't want, the consumers yeah, angry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, they said seventeen dollars. Yeah. It's twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah. So the maybe, early birds are already sold out. Like by the time you've heard this, all the early bird stuff is gone. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's the gimme or what was it called? It's like the the I just want to give you my money tier where you don't get anything. You just give me your money. You get the updates. The Kickstarter updates, yeah. 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 Which okay. I imagine you plan make those as great as possible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They're going to be super fantastic. You, if it goes well, you're going to need to do one a day. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would have your first 10 updates. <laughs> I'll figure it out. <laughs> Good problem to have, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's the digital edition mm -hmm. uh, with the early bird for those. Uh, that gives you a copy of the game on release, which is, I'm aiming for around 
May 2021, maybe earlier, maybe later. We'll edit that out. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, why did you have like a reason for May? Is it like, uh, what's the, is there any thought, thought behind the month? I just felt like I need like about two years to get the rest of the levels, characters, and mechanics done. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the mechanics are like implemented already. So it's just a matter of like grinding out assets now. Uh, yeah. Is it, is, is it just a goal to get as many like street sports terms into this? <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice. I've been so immersed in it that they've just penetrated my lexicon. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've also got, uh, a tier for like development goodies. So you can get like a folder full of like early, like pre Kickstarter builds, uh, like images of in progress assets, like things like that, or audio files that like we didn't end up using cause they sounded cheesy or whatever. Do you think, uh, do have you thought about like how you want interactions with Kickstarter backers or your fans as far as development, like, like how much, how much, uh, kind of input like, have you thought about like what kind of stuff you want to get from them as far as feedback and input? Uh, yeah. I mean, mostly once the game's out there, just seeing them playing, like I have a, I feel like I have a pretty good eye for like picking up on what needs to change while watching people play. Mm-hmm. And I've done a fair bit of playtesting already, which has been like super valuable, but, uh, yeah, I'm just excited and like ready to start tackling bugs that I didn't realize were in there <laughs> when people start making videos or like listening for feedback. Um, I know the controls are different than what people are going to be used to because the game kind of projects itself as like uh, an extreme sports game in like the PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 era. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I've made it a little bit different to kind of encapsulate the nuance of unicycling. Um, And also just because it's fun to learn a new system of of mechanics. Yeah, and and especially with a, a mode of transportation that most people have not experienced let alone experienced in a video game yeah i i I always think it's weird when like even the bmx games Mm -hmm. of that era kind of had a weird they're tony hawk yeah in a bmx and yeah like felt kind of like you were just a skateboard in a 3d model Mm -hmm. yeah matt hoffman's pro bmx was a little weird in terms of like because it was like Activision licensed out the pro whatever mm. aesthetic to make this game. And like it, it felt like it, it was the same kind of thing, but it was kind of tight and like, I don't know, sludgy in a way. And then there was Dave Mira's freestyle BMX, which was like made by the team who made Thrasher, Escape and Destroy. And it was like more, quote, I'm doing air quotes, realistic. Mm. Um that, that was the one I played. Yeah, that one is is good. That's like the BMX game to play. And that has the opinion. Sublime song? Oh, I don't know. Sublime's in a few of them. Actually. I feel like that was my introduction to Sublime. Or whoever did the That's What I Got. It's what I got. That one. I remember yeah. that. Like it was it was something that I never oh, yeah. would have heard because of my age. Yeah, I, guess, I think that is in Dave Muir's. Like, Offspring had a run, but I yeah. didn't really hear real Offspring. Yeah. Well, and Crazy, I, crazy, I, crazy Taxi. Like crazy Taxi. Yeah. I was like, oh, Offspring could sound like this. It's not, 
pretty fly for a white guy and all that. Yeah, that yeah, era yeah. of offspring that I <laughs> that I was uh, of age for. Yeah. Um, did you play Sean Palmer's pro, pro snowboarder? Yeah. Uh, not since around when it came out. Yeah, um, same. Apparently, was, I was pushing it on my friends. Oh I, yeah, I had a PS2 nice. as part of my 30, 30th birthday celebrations. Apparently, I was constantly pushing that mm-hmm. in high school in trades, always trying to get Shaw Palmer's off yeah. <laughs> out of my collection. Well, that was like uh, that was like the first kind of legit like trying to be like realistic snowboarding game I played. Because before that, there was Cool Borders, which had that sort of anime mm-hmm. aesthetic to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it was cool how you could like, if you still had time on the run, you could like get in the snowmobile and go back to the top. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a. Uh... But I mean, are you the same? In the Tony Hawk Two, is your favorite of those? Uh, I mean, I like a lot of them. I like all of them for different reasons. Even ride. Uh, <laughs> are you gonna have Tony Hawk ride support? <laughs> like with the controller? Doubt it. Uh, maybe that'd be a good stretch goal. Uh, there is a, there is a game out there called Perfect Stride by a team called Arcane Kids mm. uh, that I think would be perfect for the ride controller. Yeah, but uh, they haven't implemented it. So I saw I was in a future shop when Tony Hawk Ride came out. Yeah, because uh, it came out a while ago, um, and uh, saw this cool guy come in like he obviously looked like he skateboarded yeah like he had the tight jeans and the <laughs> he looked like a cool guy like a circa t-shirt and yeah like... like he was like a uh like he worked at a tattoo shop yeah or something like like he there's that kind of like <laughs> that vibe that kind of punky metal thing where they have a uh they've succeeded yeah kind of look like you and... know that they're being authentic they're not just like putting on a show yeah but they've also somehow been able to capitalize on it in a way that yeah okay yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, walked up looked at the tony hawk ride stand grabbed one of them put them on the ground did a kickflip <laughs> with, with the ride <laughs> and landed it and then went like yeah and then took it and, and bought it nice um i i still to this day think that's an activision plant <laughs> just every hour they send them into the store <laughs> so that he can like kickflip yeah some kid goes whoa cool i want to do that yeah because i i don't yeah <laughs> yeah that was a rough that was a rough uh time <laughs> also i was talking to somebody that worked at activision mm-hmm. and i didn't sign an nda and i think this is nice ultimately not a, not gonna get me in trouble <laughs> okay but maybe and it's it been does. some time it's been four three four years since i heard this yeah they said he he told me that when they greenlit tony hawk ride they knew it would get like a 20 metacritic <laughs> they were like they were so on top of sales and what metacritic means yeah that they were able to greenlit it knowing that it was gonna get a 20 metacritic and that blew my mind at the time yeah it's like I don't know. How would you feel pushing out a game that you know is going to tank in the ratings that bad? Uh, I mean, I've done that because I worked on this game called Wipeout the Game for the Nintendo DS. <laughs> I know that game. Um, not the like racing. The, like the TV show. Yeah. Like jumping on the big bouncy yeah. balls. And, and stuff. that was one of the worst ideas I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Because it's what's good about Wipeout, watching people bail. People get messed up. Yeah. And what do you want to do as a player? Succeed. Yeah. <laughs> and, 
And the only way it would have worked is if they made it like the yeah. skate injury mm-hmm. stuff. That was the only way it was going. But they're not going to yeah. make that game. And yeah, with like Tony Hawk Ride and Shred, like it makes perfect sense why they made that game though. Like yeah. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater originally was inspired by that arcade game Top Skater, where mm. you stand on the skateboard yeah. and like do the stuff. And they always wanted to do that. Yeah. And I mean, Rock Band did numbers. Like it's yeah, yeah it's yeah. wild. It was say. yeah, it was right at the peripheral. Yeah, and it's a small boom. box because box size got really important. As, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, where I they're like buying Rock Band and having to like put it on like an office chair to roll it home because it was like it came with the drums and everything. And like they sold millions of copies of that. So. Yeah, Tony Hawk Rad made sense, but you like a lot of them. Like like a lot of the Tony Hawk games. Yeah, like I could like tell you like. I mean, I've been playing every extreme sports game I can get my hands on throughout the development of this from like PlayStation 1, Xbox, PS3, all that kind of stuff. And I think there's there's like good ideas in most of them. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, yeah. I uh I kind of when they started reverting, that's when I left. When they added the revert, yeah. So, so, so Hawk three, I was yeah. like, I'm done. That game was dope. I yes, it's apparently very good, but I just <laughs> couldn't at the time. My just didn't have the dexterity, or you just weren't feeling the. I just sports. I think it's because I would uh, play the vert skaters okay. in Tony Hawk two. Yeah, um, Rune Glifberg. Yeah, I think was my yeah, guy yeah. with the Christair. Yeah, like left right square. I think something like that. Yeah. Um, and I try and do a bunch of that just because it was kind of boring to just do the infinite grinds, like what yeah, that yeah, becomes. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, just the revert was like, oh, I can manual now <laughs> out of a <laughs> yeah out of a trick. This is this is rough. Um, you ever play Grind Session? No, that sounds like it's for the Genesis. No, it's PS One. Came oh, okay. out around the same time as Tony Hawk Two. Uh, it's probably my favorite of the like extreme sports PS1 games. Oh, really? Um, made by a company called Shaba Games, who NeverSoft ended up hiring mm-hmm. to do the like PS1 ports of the PS2 versions of the games. Oh, interesting. Um, but yeah, it had manuals before manuals were in Tony Hawk. Uh, like great soundtrack. Um, and it's like slightly different. There's like mechanics where you can add time to the clock throughout your run by oh, doing cool. like lines yeah. and stuff. Um, yeah, super good game. Was um, what? Who would you play? Uh, Day One Song's in it. Oh, okay. and like he's one of the best skaters of all time. Mm-hmm. I would say. Uh, Did you always follow skateboarding growing up, or? Yeah, I have some siblings who were into skateboarding, so I ended up seeing like like their copies of like 411 vm and like the girl and like what's it called flip skateboard videos that they would bring home and stuff on vhs and whatever um yeah and i remember my my brother brought home the ronnie mullen versus day one song tape Mm. and i was like that sounds like a good tape yeah (laughs) i was like this is dope (laughs) um are you are you putting like fmv videos in this game yeah, uh, they're not in the demo yet, but yeah. um, definitely plan to. It's going to be the same like gameplay flow that you'd expect having played Tony Hawk 2 and 3 kind of thing. So you, you pick play, your character, you, yeah, go through. Beat the goals video. with that character, yeah. yeah, get a video 100% with that character, get a cheat code. So um, then who are the characters? 
so so far we've got uh, Mimo Seedler. Uh, he's That's from, a good yeah, name. He's from Germany. He's like super super good. Is he into gardening at all? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, or I mean, maybe he is. I don't know. I haven't really talked to him much about that. The uh, Seedler? Yeah. He's got to be a good gardener. <laughs> Um, he's super good at coasts where you like ride with no feet on the pedals, uh, which mm. is like, is that always splits? No, uh, there's a rider named Ivar Christensen who does it legs out to yeah. the side and he's like, it's called the Ivar coast now in, in some of the unicycling circles. Uh, he tends to do one foot on the fork and one foot out Mimo mm. when he's coasting. But uh, also got Eli Brill in there, uh, and he d- he actually just started like a learn how to unicycle YouTube series, um, that's like super dope. Like of course, yeah. and uh, Noli Ergas, uh, he's from the United States. So is Eli. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on the assets for Kyle Alviani, um, who was in a video part recently with Eli. That's like super good. Uh, you should check it out. I feel I forget what it's called. Brainchild, I think. Do people film it like in skateboarding on a unicycle behind the unicycle <laughs> holding a camera? I'm not sure. I've never actually thought about that. Because I love that part of skateboarding. Mm-hmm. The idea that the the like people who were doing the recording were also skateboarders. Yeah. Well, I know Mimo frequently goes out with like BMX riders. Mm. Um, I don't know if they film while on the BMX or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, same kind of style of videos, but there is some folks doing like some really innovative stuff with their videos and like with their unicycles even. Like there's a whole world out there that oh, totally, it's yeah. like diverse kinds of tricks. And... Is it still like easy to have your own trick? Uh, I mean, I feel like it's limited. Yeah. The... I mean, we're it's kind of in like a, like it's, Street unicycling has been around for a while, like mm-hmm. 10 plus years at least. So it's only a, so it's Y2K. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think, I think before that too, there was this one video that came out a long time ago that was called the defect that like a lot of people, it was like their first intro to, uh, uni- like street unicycling featuring this guy named like Dan Heaton who has a trick named after him now. It's called the Dan Heaton. You like mm. put your hand on the frame and 180 while your unicycle stays in place or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of nuance that hasn't been explored yet and a lot of potential ground. Mm. Um, like some of the riders out there right now are really like pushing the limits. Like Mimo has started doing stuff where he's like tapping his crank on like metal poles oh. midair so that it like dings the pole and then he like spins 360 out of it oh like, that's cool um and i imagine there's all sorts of shenanigans you can get into with yeah. the seat and standing on the seat or handstands yeah. on the seat or yeah and the noli created this grind called the swivel grind where like when you're grinding on your pedal you like kind of lift your body off the unicycle and rotate the cranks <laughs> while the the pedals on the the rail or the ledge um that's wild yeah is there unicycle parks parks i mean skate parks are unicycle parks too yeah <laughs> yeah uh, I, I don't know if there's anyone well, who's like, like made made like a specific yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. are you gonna put yourself in the game uh, uh we'll see 
Oh, okay. <laughs> that's a stretch goal. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're the only. I've only seen two other people on a unicycle. Yeah, and it was these two little girls that were like seven and like nine. Oh, that was me. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. Well, I mean, maybe. No, I doubt it. But yeah. But they were going in unison by themselves on Fourth Avenue. Oh, cool. And I just assumed they were like some sort of circus family yeah. in town. Because who had learned to unicycle at pre-teenage? <laughs> lots, <laughs> lots of people, actually. I've seen lots of like, like kids. But their parents around. must. Yeah, maybe. Like, it must be like, I want to teach them to do it so then I have like... Yeah, I mean, I learned because I saw someone in uh, like high school Halloween show dressed as Major Bedhead from the Big Comfy Couch, mm. an old like Canadian TV show on PBS. Is that the? Is that that's not the? It's like a bunch of clowns. I don't know. No, I know the show, but that's not the star. But yeah, the star is Lunette. So then, who's Major Bedhead delivers the mail? He like shows up on a unicycle and like honks and his horn and. Oh, yeah, because they're all, yeah, because yeah. they're all clones. I yeah. always loved that time exercise. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always thought that was cool. <laughs> it was, like, in retrospect, probably very, way too simple, but <laughs> yeah. it was always, like... I mean, I tried to do it a couple times. And were you a, into, like, lamb chop? And, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, because that'd be the kind of same era. Let's dig in deep. Yeah. I had a little lamb chop doll thing that I don't have anymore. I, ne- I never liked Thomas the Tank Engine. I love. I always found that creepy or boring. I loved Thomas. Yeah. There's like, I have family videos of me being like, Shining Time Station! When like, my parents got me like a remote control Thomas for Christmas. But Thomas is popping though. Bigger than ever before. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, Yeah. Thomas is like, staying relevant. (laughs) Did you know like, I think it was Ringo Starr was the voice of the, the conductor in the original show. What? Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, I think it was the conductor. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, yeah, it just, it, I, I guess I was never, I was into Brio. Like, I love the Brio. I don't know what that is. Train sets. It was those, like, wooden. Yeah. yeah like, I gave all that Little to Little magnets. My, I saved like... it all and then gave it all to my cousins when they were, like, age appropriate those are great yeah those were those were awesome my kindergarten had a big set of those but never never yeah thomas but i was never barney guy i was big barney barney scared me big purple dinosaur um i like sesame street yeah who doesn't uh you know what i've been watching lately the like i've been putting on playlists of like the sesame street musical guests mm -hmm. playing their songs but like kid friendly kind of thing like oh there's, yeah there's one where like jason Mraz is singing about going outside mm-hmm. and like this really good one where the goo goo dolls are singing with elmo about how proud he is that he like reached the highest shelf and like <laughs> brushes teeth before bed and stuff yeah my uh my favorite rapper fonte did a rap battle recently where he was the banana <laughs> and it was like apples wrapping it was like apple wrapping against banana nice. and he wrote and did all like wrote both parts and performed one part so yeah. it's just like it's still going on. Yeah. <laughs> like i forget that mm-hmm. yeah sesame street does not sleep yo gabba gabba is really good for the musical guests yeah yo gabba gabba was 
like it was at a weird time for me because I was like yeah. leaving elementary yeah. school. So there's a certain it's, amount it's of like, for kids. So you're like, I don't yeah, know. like I stopped playing Yu-Gi-Oh in grade seven. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I can't bring this to high school. <laughs> I'm just gonna have as much fun playing Yu-Gi-Oh and then not play it ever again. Yeah, and then be like, wow, high school is kind of boring because nobody plays anything anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was aware of Yo Gabba Gabba and those um, weird uh, elf, uh, the elves, Teletubbies. Teletubbies. Like I'm aware of Teletubbies. Um, but it was it was yeah. after my Teletubbies was always like for babies when yeah. I was on TV. It was, it was after on TV my when time. I was watching it. Yeah, and there was all that like satanic stuff. But I wonder if that because yeah, there was like kind of like and like the backlash of like oh my gosh, like Tinky Winky's got a purse and has like the triangle on their head, so they must be gay. And like people were like angry at that for no good reason. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. Bird Nerdy is like, over there, man. Yeah. Yeah, like, we've, yeah. like, we've we've already done this. Like, it's fine. <laughs> like, you grew up with Bird Nerdy. Yeah. Nothing happened. <laughs> um, and I think some other... I don't know. Yeah, I want to say, like, Sesame Street has had some more very special episodes, I feel like. Very special episodes? Like, I feel like where they've had characters that come are out like, in a variety of ways yeah, i think yeah i remember like there was one character who was like a monster who like had aids or something yeah and like there's like a monster who was on the show like in the last couple of years i think she's like a regular now who has autism mm. um yeah they're always kind of down to explore that kind of stuff in a way that like teaches kids and people that it's like People are different. This yeah, is totally fine. This is totally fine. And I think, it, yeah, I think that stuff is awesome for all media, but especially, like, kids stuff, because it's not going to... Yeah. It, it removes the, like, uh, shock Yeah. for a lot of kids. Yeah. So many parents are like, oh, don't show them that. That's, like, adult stuff. Like, we don't want to teach them that, like, people can like people of the same sex or whatever, or, mm-hmm. like, people can't like when people dress like the opposite gender it's weird or something like that yeah it's uh i don't even <laughs> i can't even imagine what that whole thing is like like because i feel like parents were probably more are probably more informed now would be my maybe feeling i would like to hope so i would i would hope just because they would have yeah. Hopefully, experience more. I mean, my parents were always are are hippies and always like took me to the Pride Festival like mm-hmm. super young. Yeah, I never got to go to any of that. And it was kid. like, <laughs> in <laughs> retrospect, it's tainted the current Pride Festival because I remember being seeing some things that were like, <laughs> I'm too young to be seeing this, yeah. like, and it's awesome. Um, but I think that that helps because it yeah. didn't even like it's not like it was just just being there and it wasn't even in support. Yeah, it was just like go and just look. Yeah, and yeah, I think it's a good I think it's a good idea for kids to experience that. I I assume that helped. Yeah, like maybe exposure it, and celebration. Yeah, like anytime there's like we're saying go people who are different mm-hmm. like that helps people recognize that these tensions they have with themselves like don't have to be tensions you can confidently be who you are and like celebrate yourself and assert your like identity to the world 
Are you putting any of that stuff in this game? Um, I mean, I'm non-binary, so there's yeah. going to be a non-binary person in the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you, we've already established you are in the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean... You <laughs> 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 might have to get all the gaps or something, I don't yeah. know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to be like overt about that stuff because mm-hmm. the game is about unicycling yeah but i definitely am down and plan to include kind of messages and advocacy for like social justice and like climate activism mm-hmm. and stuff like that like there's a huge vegan community in professional unicycling i guess uh, um i mean in sports in general I yeah mean, i mean i feel like the amount of vegan athletes is yeah well, it really a, went up recently. Like, it's just way more. Yeah, in the world, it's going yeah. up recently. Yeah. But there's a team called Green and Steezy that's like vegan unicyclists. Mm. And they're all like super good at doing what they do. That's cool. That's cool that there's like unicycle gangs. Yeah. Gangs might be a harsh word, but like. Yeah, no, gangs can like be nice. Crew or Scooby-Doo like. Scooby Doo gang. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Come on, gang. Um, are you doing like. Uh, are you putting any vegan stuff in the game or environmental stuff in the game? Like, I was thinking, like, I was picturing there being ads and all the ads being, like, for vegan food. Yeah, <laughs> That's kind of what I I mean, was... <laughs> I haven't done any ad pushes yet. Yeah. But... Like, there's a factory level, but it's, like... Yeah. It's the Beyond Meat factory or something. <laughs> yeah, processing all the, the peas. Um, I mean, I've got some messages in the credits yeah. that are quite overt. Mm-hmm. about like oh we need to do something about climate change yeah right now yeah and that's a good place to do it because you've got the most committed people yeah yeah but i also don't want to like push people away who like don't want to hear about it because like people are playing video games to play a video game yeah like they want to escape from the kinds of advocacy that people tend to be doing um and i don't know but, if there's any media like most media I consume, I don't know that there's everything. I agree completely, hundred percent with every single thing. Yeah. In it. Yeah. There's always somewhere yeah. where it's. So yeah, I think the credits is a really good spot. Yeah, that. and I've got some other ideas too that uh, maybe will develop over the course of the game. Um, but yeah, and I feel like it fits the the culture of extreme sports. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like, but yeah, it's, it's wary territory to walk. Yeah. Because, yeah, if you're too on the nose with it, there's going to be a group of people who, like, have a big problem with it, which I think is something that needs to be challenged yeah. in contemporary society. But at the same time, like, the game is about unicycling. It's not about yeah. advocating for veganism. Um, but maybe I will make a game that's like that one day. Yeah, <laughs> just go through all your key. Yeah, <laughs> just go through what people know you for. Yeah, I mean, a while ago, I was thinking about making a game about like choosing the like your outfit for the day mm. and like having like these like prescribed notions like rain down from above that say like you need to dress like this and then you only have like these other options and then you have like a desire that's like to to dress this particular way, but it doesn't fit with the prescribed options. So you like, aren't allowed to wear those clothes or something. Where do you get your clothes? 
most thrifting mostly do you have like favorite thrift stores is there like uh is there kind of things you look for because i feel like you have a very eclectic style yeah especially given being non-binary it's yeah. like you yeah. wear all sorts of stuff right <laughs> you just like, like i love these pants but I, <laughs> I feel like i don't know where to yeah i mean when i'm shopping here in vancouver yeah. I tend to go to like Valley Village or Salvation Army mm-hmm. or like other smaller thrift shops. You're digging. Yeah. yeah you want I just no, like, no curation. I peek pretty regularly. Yeah. Sometimes I leave with nothing. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. The best thrifting though is in Portland that I've experienced. Or just traveling. I guess so. But Portland specifically has mm-hmm. like some of the best clothing exchanges and thrift shops I've had the opportunity to shop mm-hmm. at. Um, I, like, I like Portland a lot. It yeah. feels the closest to here, for me. Yeah, I could see that. Like, I feel like the mo- it feels the most, like... In terms of, like, attitude? Just, like, walking around. Like, just, like, a lot of trees. Like, a lot of the residential area yeah, feels yeah. like the residential areas here. Oh, and they've got this great program that's, like, the Backyard Habitat program or something, where, like, you can, like, register with the government to have your lawn be like certified as a backyard habitat they give you like recommendations for a bunch of plants to grow and then if you like get dense enough biodiversity in your lawn you get a sign to put on your lawn that's like this is a certified backyard habitat and then people can go in there no it's just like we're like helping with the wildlife yeah (laughs) like oh okay yeah yeah like bees can grow here and squirrels live here and all that kind of stuff i was watching that great series where they take two chains around uh, the, to very yeah. expensive things. And then yeah. he goes like, wow, that's expensive. I wouldn't do that. I, <laughs> I love that series. But they took him around bees. Like to like this boutique bee okay. establishment where they'll make you beehives and stuff like that. And I was thinking I could have bees. But then I just, I just worry about the like ramifications of yeah. neighbors and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's the question of like, is it ethical to keep bees? Like, yeah, maybe we should be oh yeah, like, yeah. creating yeah. spaces where the bees can eat and thrive yeah. without necessarily holding them captive. Like, there's you know? that bee park, yeah, that I thought was like bum- a bumble advertising thing. Oh, with the bee <laughs> on the top, or something? yeah, with the bees, and there was a bunch of bees around, and I was like, yeah. this is weird. That <laughs> it's actually a bee conservatory, but yeah, it's sweet. and it's awesome, but it's kind of weird that it has seating just because like. I don't think a lot of people want to be around yeah, okay. bees. I feel like the the public is coming around to bees. Like pro no. bees. Yeah. They want to save the bees. Well, bees but are great. even in thinking that like bees are maybe fuzzy, cuddly little creatures that like mm. we do want to be around. Because yeah. people I think start to recognize that bees like don't sting unless they really, really have to because it kills them. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, a lot of it's a lot yeah. of pressure. Like if that's how we, we worked, yeah. there'd be a lot less a lot less murders. Yeah. Um people still hate on wasps though. They're like all oh, those jerks that like they just want to bite you or whatever. But they, I think that's also greed too cuz like wasps ain't are not bringing food. They they are pollinators. No, they're pollinators, but like I think a lot of bee love is oh, because of honey. Oh, it's like oh yeah, we get this because honey. Yeah. They're like oh man, what a deli- like yeah. I bet people like maple trees yeah. more than they like every other tree. Birch. They get, yeah, like they get something <laughs> out of it. Um, yeah, no, the only two times I've been stung were by wasps and me stepping on them or 
the wasp being dumb, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm putting on my glove and the wasp landed on my hand and crawled in the glove. <laughs> and it's just like, I can't. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to get stung. <laughs> yeah. Because it's freaking out. Yeah. And it, um, yeah. That's scary for everyone involved. When, yeah. When you've got a, like a bad, like a scary situation like that. Like yeah. danger is afoot. And I was like, why did you try and get my glove? Like, but, <laughs> yeah, but I haven't had wasps sting me. Yeah. I've been stung. I have more of an issue with like mosquitoes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bugs that bite me that I don't catch. Mm-hmm. I kind of respect the wasp. Or something that stings me and I know it stung me. Mm-hmm. Like I saw it land and sting me. Yeah. Less respect for mosquitoes. Yeah, at that point it's like, why didn't I flinch? Yeah, like I'd rather experience pain than be itchy. What about what about ticks? You ever had a tick? No, I don't really understand how lakes work. And I don't <laughs> like lakes. I'm a ocean. Ticks aren't water. Yeah, isn't that like you go in the lake and then you come out and you're covered in ticks? No, you're thinking about leeches, I think. Yeah, I don't like leeches, but I, I just swim in the ocean yeah. or a non, a man-made yeah. or like man-made body of water, yeah. not a, not lakes. But I didn't like the Fox show, uh, The Tick. Oh, um, the live action one or the yeah. cartoon? Uh, both. I never really, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't like that. It was a prize special. Yeah. Never really get behind that, but I don't, I don't really have too many other opinions yeah. on ticks. But I, I assume all animals have their purpose. Yeah. And that it's probably... I mean, they can be a nuisance still. I assume ticks. You, you don't want a tick on your body. They can no. give you Lyme disease. Yeah, and that's also like... Maybe this is gone because of the internet, but that, that's one of those ones where I was like, oh, if I get a tick, then I have to like... It's like cigarette to the... Oh, or something yeah. like, like, like to heat up a needle yeah. so that it backs <laughs> like, out. Like, you just hear that, you're like, yeah, I just never want to experience <laughs> that thing. If that's how I have to do to <laughs> fix it. Um, what's, what's been preparing for this Kickstarter like? Um, what's, it's been like what, what's it been like for you? Uh, well, I've never done a Kickstarter before. Uh, so it's a lot of new stuff. It's a lot of like crunching to like just polish up the build to like a good state i thought i was gonna launch it like two months ago and then i was like oh i'm gonna launch it next month instead and finally like it's at a state where it's ready to be launched tomorrow as of this recording um it's already out go download the demo (laughs) uh but yeah i mean just kind of capturing animated gifs and like recording videos and polishing bugs and coordinating with the riders who are in the game to make sure that i'm like making their likeness to their liking um yeah because people yeah and then if you have stats they're gonna be yeah i got them to assign their own stats oh okay because i didn't want to yeah you don't want to balance it yeah and then now we have to deal with them going like, "What? I'm only at 85. Like, yeah. I'm better than that person." Yeah, and I'm I'm a little bit worried about some of that. Like, I think there will be discussions in the unicycling community about like, <laughs> "Oh, like this person's stats relative to this person's stats doesn't make any sense because this person's better than this person at this." But I like to think of the stats as like that person's skills relative to their other skills, rather than 
that person's skills relative to other unicyclists. You almost need to display it as a pie chart then. Oh, yeah, maybe. Like, um, you just need to... But I would... Yeah, I mean, I'm doing the stat points. I, that's controversy on. I would bait. <laughs> I would be like, I would love if people are mad. Like, if I'm getting angry tweets yeah. about Joe Seedler. Mimo. Mimo Seedler <laughs> yeah. having too much of a jump stat when I have a video of him not being able to jump over a garbage can. Or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, whatever reason they yeah, would yeah. have, I think. And then the patch notes, like... yeah. Mimo Siedler's <laughs> jump has been decreased due to <laughs> him falling on this train. Yeah. Where where do you see like unicycle stuff? Where do I see like, it? Where where's the place that you want to see? Uh, like YouTube or Yeah, it tends people tend to upload their stuff on YouTube. A lot of riders are on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um I'm also like connected to like a unicycling Discord server and there's like Facebook groups of like urban unicycling and yeah, just There's probably meetups and yeah, actually, in like in Vancouver, there's a group that meets regularly that I have met up with many times. Who plays unicycle hockey together? Oh, cool! Yeah, does that work? Like they have sticks? Yeah, hockey sticks, a ball on. Yeah, surprise, not polo. But yeah. I guess as a group of people, it's similar like being to that. Unique. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Though there is like competitive unicycle hockey at the. But it should be polo. <laughs> Why is it hockey? <laughs> You got people ride segways playing polo. Yeah, but, I mean, then you can't have the hockey stick. You can't be... Is there somebody who's a goalie? Yep. Do they have the pads on? Uh, No, (laughs) they don't tend to. But, uh, yeah, they're not allowed to, like, touch the net when they're there, so they have to, like, hop in place or, like, use the stick to balance. Where did you... When did you learn to do cycle? When did I learn? Yeah. Uh, I was in high school. Inciting... Well, I mean, you saw yeah. the talent show. And the then... talent show with the guy dressed as Major Bedhead. Yeah. Then I asked my dad, I was like, I want a unicycle for my birthday, which was in like a month or something. Mm-hmm. And then on my birthday, I got a unicycle. And then I just kind of went out and practiced every day for about two weeks. And then I could ride around the block after that. And yeah. since then, it's been like, I don't know, 11 years. Been kind of... It was in the, the garage for a while. And I like kind of stopped at like riding around and stuff. And then I discovered street unicycling through, like, I don't know, I think I searched, like, extreme unicycle tricks mm. on YouTube once and found one of Chris Herowai's videos where he's just, like, ripping it up, like, doing mind-blowing stunts uh, for me at the time. Um, still mind-blowing, much of them. But uh, then I pulled my unicycle out of the garage and was like, I'm going to practice more. And then uh, I ended up, like breaking that unicycle real fast because as soon as I started doing like jumps higher than like a curb, mm-hmm. the, the, the spokes were having problems and it was like a unicycle made for like learning and circus stuff. It wasn't really robust. And it's old. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it was probably the Canadian tire unicycle. It was Norco actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. What's the longest you've unicycled? Like, in, like, a day? A trip, or, like, have you unicycled to... I've never really tracked the distance. No. But, like, I can do, like, from, like, I don't know, Stanley Park to, like, here and back maybe two or three times in a day. Wow, okay. Like, I can ride for, like, a good few hours and not... Is that your... Like, does that... 
hit all your exercise goals you could ever want just doing that? I think so. Before I really started pursuing unicycling, I didn't really have a exercise regimen. And I'm so happy that like unicycling is such a a good sport for this. I mean, I used to skateboard and I was pursuing like getting good at skateboarding. Um, but skateboarding is asymmetrical. So like, unless you're riding switch half of the time, you're going to end up with one jacked quad <laughs> and another one that's like your calf is jacked, but your quad is tiny yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, so unicycling is symmetrical. Uh, it works like your core and your legs and everything. Mm. And it's a fixed gear, so there's no like real coasting. You kind of always have to be pedaling. So and people love. Well, I guess I I think are people very well. Uh, do you have good, great reception with just people walking down the street when they see you on a unicycle mostly? Yeah, most of the time people are like, they they smile. Mm-hmm. Um, I get a lot of "Where's the other wheel?" and like, yeah. like someone stole half your bike, and people who are real jokesters who want to be comedians that's weird because they must have yeah said that a bunch yeah it doesn't sound like a joke i mean you just come up with yeah i like i wonder some of these people are just so quick to it but i hear it all the time so maybe it's just like one of those things that's like really obvious joke to make because like people like oh you're just like let's have a bike or whatever but uh yeah it doesn't have handles yeah anything it's like the the hard part for me there is finding new ways to answer the question because I've like got answering the oh I also get how long did it take you to learn to ride that thing yeah like I've got like a script that I've memorized yeah. basically with how many times I've answered these questions that it's like I just find I want to find new ways to to make those questions fun again you know <laughs> yeah it's it's tough I try and ask questions i hope other people haven't asked yeah no you're doing great uh and i don't mean no to... like as interviewing like that's something i try to do yeah because being on the other side of it it's super boring getting the same things but because you unicycle and you're making a game about unicycling mm. <laughs> yeah like i mean i kind of know that i would it's bet every interview will ask you like when'd you learn yeah um and I only have one other unicycle question. I should have two. At what distance do you go? I'm not unicycling. Like, At what do you distance? not unicycle in the snow? Like, uh, night? yeah. I mean, rain or shine, mm-hmm. I ride. Wind. I ride. Yeah. Like the windstorm days. Yeah, I ride basically everywhere. If I go somewhere and I don't have my unicycle, something weird is going on, or I'm like wearing a skirt that day or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, snow. Do you, do you find that your desire to wear skirts affects like? Yeah, some days it's like <laughs> I like have an outfit and I'm like, oh, like this would look super dope with this one skirt that I have. Yeah, but then I can't ride my unicycle, so I guess I'm wearing shorts. Today. And it's a unicycle, so they don't really have the equivalent of like dress bikes. Yeah. <laughs> But it totally and being non-binary, like it but it totally like, fits the like non-binary to me too, in like a funny way. Yeah, just because you're like bicycles to yeah. binary, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <perfect>. yeah, unary. <laughs> um, um, and what's the worst injury you've had? Um, uh, nothing too bad. Uh, 
never really like broken any bones doing it or anything. There was one time I was riding really fast to catch up to a bus and it was like a slightly downhill. Um, and I really wanted to catch that bus. I wasn't even late. I was just like, I'm going to get that bus. It's silly to run for buses. I, I think so. After, I mean, running, do I can run for, everybody should run for a bus if they are confident in their ability to run. But when I you're like. I just don't know that it's worth it. <laughs> you're slowing down the bus. Oh, yeah, you could, yeah. Like, if you gotta make it, cool. Like, yeah. Like, you gotta, you gotta get there and you gotta run for the bus, cool. I just yeah. kind of feel like a bus is probably coming mm-hmm. soon anyways. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I was riding really fast for the bus kind of out I got to a speed that I wasn't able to keep up with on my legs so I kind of just tumbled forward Mm. and like slid like didn't hit my head or anything but slid on my elbow I got a nice scar from it um here it sound listen to it um (laughs) (laughs) uh, it's a it doesn't necessarily look uh it's a scar it looks kind of like a burn yeah scar um it's not like a gash it's like kind of a it's like, uh, yeah, like if you told me that that was a bruise that you have, or if you did that yesterday, I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah. like, um, yeah. But I also like got a little bit of rash, like road rash on my knee from that. And this one shirt that I have, like it's made of like synthetic materials or something with like some stretchy bits in it. And when I slid on my elbow, it melted the shirt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, we're, we're from a tearaway era. That's a, yeah, yeah that's a common <laughs> Yeah. So now um, the shirt has like a crusty little elbow, but it's good to wear your clothes though. Yeah. Like it's such a huge waste. Yeah, totally. Like in the world that it's it's good to wear out yeah. your clothes. And if, if you're it, done with those clothes, give them away. Yeah. Like don't throw them in the trash. Yeah. There's enough trash in the ocean already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Donate those clothes, or I mean, you hurt yourself. Yeah. Or repurpose them. Make yeah. like stuffed animals or like whatever. Um. Do you think about when you'll stop unicycling? Uh, I don't really think about it. I worry sometimes and yeah. like consider the the possibility of like like aging out of it or like having an injury that like prevents me from being able to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean got to live in the now. Yeah. Like and you'll am... probably be like I always look at it as, like, you'll be in better shape than any of the injuries that will happen. Yeah. Uh, There are some people I know who used to do street unicycling but don't anymore because it was too hard on their ankles. Um, Yeah. I can see that. But you also, I mean, do do you need to be nimble on your ankles? Most of the weight distribution is your ankles and your knees. Mm -hmm. Like, it's much less on your seat when you're doing, like, jumps on a unicycle than anything else. Um, I'm only kind of just getting into the sort of ankle flicking tricks. Like I'm, I'm working on crank flips right now. Um, I haven't landed one yet, but once I get into those, there's going to be a lot more risk in terms of like pedals whacking me in the shins or like not sticking my landing or whatever. So, and I've, I've had a lot of ankle injuries just playing basketball and it, it, uh, it's gotten easier, oddly. Yeah. I've never had, like, a bad one. Yeah. But I do it every so often that mm-hmm. whenever now it happens now, it's not, like... Yeah. It's way less of a deal. 
And I feel much like less risky too on a unicycle than I did when I was trying to learn to skateboard. Yeah. Like, I mean, I learned how to kickflip and ollie and stuff, but yeah, you see rolled ankles in skateboarding like every other day. Mm-hmm. Whereas in unicycling, like, I don't know. I did see a, a guy. Because most of the time you're going this way. Yeah. Like, you're just going in a straight line. Yeah. And there's no, like, you don't lose control of your speed. Because yeah. you're always checking your speed with your legs. Because yeah. it's fixed. Um, I did see a guy at Unicon, though. Chris Hirawai, who I mentioned earlier with the Extreme Unicycle Stunts video. Uh, he was doing this, I think it was some grind down, like, a 12 set or something. And it was during a competition. He, like, grinded down the stair railing but then like lost control of the unicycle right at the end and it hit the ground and his seat bounced up and hit him in the tooth and broke Ooh. his front tooth in half. Ooh. And Alec. like, yeah, yeah, it was, it was brutal. But okay. then he like got checked out by the medic and then like was like, I'm going to finish this competition and like kept doing it. Yeah. It was, you got to try. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that crowd, that crowd cheer. Well worth the chip too, yeah. probably for, <laughs> yeah. for him. Um, yeah, well, thanks for being on the question bus. Yeah, thanks for taking me along for the ride. That's a good, that's a, maybe one of the better answers I've, <laughs> I've had to that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, most people are like, that's what the podcast is called. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that till now. Um, is there anything else you want to plug? Uh, I mean, Street Uni X, it's on Kickstarter right now. Download the demo, support the Kickstarter. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, if you want to check out my website, I do other stuff too sometimes. Sometimes I do music. Sometimes I do videos of me unicycling. Daff.space, D-A-F-F dot space. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No Twitter or anything? Oh, yeah. Follow me on Twitter. At uh, DaffoDildil, D-A-F-F-O-D-I-L-D-I-L. And follow StreetUniX on Twitter, at mm-hmm. StreetUniX, no spaces or anything like that. Instagram, Snapchat. Uh, you can. I'll leave Instagram out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. And are you doing any celebratory thing for the Kickstarter? Do you have anything planned for uh, like when it launches? Well, it's gonna... my birthday tomorrow. Oh, that's cool. So you're launching it on your birthday. That's, yeah. You're going to get a lot of... I don't know if you're S- on Sympathy all... votes. Or well, something. I don't know if you're on all the social medias, but that would be yeah. a good way of converting all the people that wish you a happy birthday on Facebook that you haven't talked to. and Totally. Yeah, uh, since the last time you had a birthday, yeah. <laughs> so that would be a good yeah. place to hit them all up. I actually messaged every one of my friends on Facebook at the time of the Darkest Dungeon Kickstarter launch. Yeah, yeah. I just went through and messaged it. Um, I don't know how much conversion that did, but it's really funny when you message them afterwards, and the last message you sent was the Kickstarter. Yeah, had no response. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> cool. Well, good luck. Thanks a lot, Kier.